Okay, so what we discussed uh, last time, and what is a, uh, we're going to continue with that, is this fascinating discussion, which is, which should catch all of us by surprise, of uh, how much do you have to have intention in the Shema? So there was a makhloket, do you need the first paragraph? You only, you can almost like think it, the second paragraph say it, uh, other a person, other per, other rav hold held. You can you have to say the first paragraph. The second one you can think, um, and we went into that. And basically, what came out was, um, you need to read the first paragraph and have intentions. So you need to understand what you're saying basically and be cognizant and conscious of it. And the second paragraph. You just have to read it without intention. Obviously, intention means it's a better mitzvah, but you still fulfill your mitzvah if you don't. Um, and now we're going to go into the other opinion, and you'll see it's a similar conclusion as well. So it says, Tanu Rabbanan, our rabbis taught us. Um, uh, is there, right? Yeah. Tanu Rabbanan, Shema Yisrael. Um, uh, no, no, where are we? Um, yeah, yeah, Amar Mar, Mar said, Rabbi Yoshia Omer, Rabbi Yoshia says, Ad Khan Mitzvah Kriya, the first paragraph is the mitzvah of reading the Shema, Mikan Va'elech Mitzvah Kavana, the second paragraph, you just have to intend for the words, contemplate them, Mashna Mikan Va'elech Mitzvah Kavana, why should the second paragraph be only a mitzvah of uh, intention. Mishum dichtiv, because it's written, that it must be on your heart. Not in your, not necessarily something you say, but on your heart. Hakanami, hakativ alavavecha. The Gemara says, but in the second paragraph of the Shema, it says it must be also, uh, uh, sorry, the, the first paragraph of the Shema, it also says, levavcha that you have to have it in your heart. So surely you also have to have intention during the first paragraph of the Shema, besides for the reading. So it says, Haki Kamar, this is what we're saying. Ad Khan Mitzvah Kriya, the first paragraph of the Shema, you have to have, you have to read, enunciate the words, V'Kavana, and you have to understand and intend for the meaning of the words. Mikan V'Eilach, the second paragraph of the Shema, Kavana Balo Kriya, you can think the words, but you don't have to read the words. Umaishna ad kan mitzvah kriya, but what over here is it just a mitzvah of reading, the kavona and 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 having intention. Meaning, why should the first paragraph be different? Dichtiv, because it's written in the first paragraph of the Shema. Aulavavecha, they must the words must be on your heart. Vidi bar tabam, and you should speak in them. So it's two things. First is the consciousness on your heart. Secondly is the enunciating in your in your with your mouth. Hatam nami. Also the next paragraph. Hakativ alavavchem. It says you should have the the shema on your heart. Ledaberbam in order to speak about them. So why should it be different? And we had almost the same discussion in the previous uh, section um, where we argued the same way. The first paragraph and the second paragraph share both uh, characteristics, same uh, wording. Both of them say a, a language suggesting kavana, which is alavavecha or alavavchem. And also both paragraphs have the wording that suggests you have to speak them. Ledaberbam or vidibartabam. So why should that be different? 
So the first paragraph, the first way of learning, we said the first paragraph, you have to have it, you have to read it and you have to say it. The second paragraph, you just have to say it. And what does it mean, Alavavchem? That the tefillin should be on your heart. Where do you place the, the tefillin, the tefillin shoyad? That you place on the heart. Here we're going to learn a bit differently. Here it says, Hakativ Alavavchem Ledaberbam. So, Hahu Bedivrei Torah This is talking about what does it mean to speak in them? Not to speak in the the psukim of the Shema, suggesting you have to enunciate them. Rather, Vahachi Kamar Rachmana Agmiru Banaihu Torah. It says that the Torah says to you, you must teach your children Torah. So, so that they will become proficient in it. So meaning, what does the wording bam mean? Uh, not referring to speaking in the words of the Shema, but rather speaking in the words of Torah. So that's how they come out. So Rabbi Yoshaya, he says, the first paragraph you have to read. The second paragraph, we said you have to have Kavona. The Gemara asked, no, that doesn't make sense. Um, because it's written Alavavchem. It's also written Alavavecha both times. So we both times Alavavchem and Alavavecha talk about intention. The difference is Vedibartabam is talking about speaking, the, enunciating the words of the Shema. The other time it says Ledaberbam is not talking about Shema, but rather talking about teaching Torah to your children uh, in general. Okay, and that's how we come. Bottom line is, at this point in the Gemara, we'll see a little bit different later, that you need to read and understand the first paragraph and read the second paragraph of the Shema. Tanu Rabbanan, our Rabbis taught us, Shema Yisro, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, Ad Kan Tzricha Kavanat Alev. The saying, the statement of Shema Yisro, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad alone, and halachically we add on Baruch Shem Kavod Machutol Olam Ved, Diver Rebbe Meir, those are the words of Rebbe Meir, Amarova halocha karebi maya. The halocha is like Rabbi Maya that we, you, in order to fulfill the mitzvah of Shema, you need to just say and have intention uh, for Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekan Hashem Echad. And that's very important because if you don't have intention for that line, you need to repeat the Shema. Um, so it does, we hold, you don't have to have, you, you have to read the whole Shema, um, but you need to know what you're saying in the first statement when you put your eyes, hand over your eyes because that is the, uh, the acceptance of Hashem as our king. And we're going to get into that a little bit more right now. So Tanya Sumchus Omer, Sum, it says in a brighter, Sumchus said, Kola marich be'echad, marichin lo yamab, um, ushnotav, and your years. Anybody that extends the statement of Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekan Hashem Echad, you, your days are lengthened and your years are lengthened. So what are we talking about here? We're saying, Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekan Hashem Echad. You extend the Dalad, basically. And this, by the way, in, in Yemenite pronunciation, the Dalad is, I think, more like a V. So therefore, you can actually go Echad. But when in Ashkenazi pronunciation, Dalad is Dalad. I mean, therefore, it's a bit unclear how you extend it. How do you extend a Dalit? But uh, basically, you just like, you say Dalit well, basically. So it says, um, uh, if you extend that, then you live longer. Amar Rav Achabar Yaakov, Uva Dalit, 
And when do you extend the saying of the Shema? With the Dalad. You can extend the Dalad, but just make sure that by extending the Dalad so long, you don't, um, you don't cut off the Chet. So I, I think that means, some say it means Echet, like Echad, like you want to extend the Dalad so much, so you, you make the Echet very quick, and you don't pronounce the Chet properly. But in our pronunciation, there's not such a worry for that. Rabbi Yirmiya, have a yatif come at the Rabbi Yeah. Can yeah. you not just say the Dalit for longer? Yeah, but how do you say it for longer? Echad du. Du. Like you can't, you, you can't extend it. It's not. And by the way, this is probably one of the hints that our pronunciation of the Dalit is not 100% correct. It's probably more correct the Tem. I mean, it's almost for sure correct. More correct, the Yemenite pronunciation of Dalit. But if you ever in a Yemenite shul, you'll see you. It's or you cannot. It's very hard to actually know what they're talking about. There's how many changes and subtleties there are in the way they pronounce uh, Hebrew. So it says like this: Rabbi Yirmiya have a yativ kamei the Rabbi Chiyabar Abba. Rabbi Yirmiya was sitting before Rabbi Chiyabar Abba. Chaziyeh da have marich tuva. He heard that he was added. He was really extending. The saying of the Shema very long. So he said to him, as long as you you make Hashem, you proclaim Hashem King above and below, and that he encompasses all four directions, Hashemayim of the heavens, to Lord Srikat. You don't need to have more intention than that. So basically what, what uh, this Rav was doing, uh, Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, he was, he was using very mystical, esoteric intentions when he said it. And the, the Rabbi Yirmiya was concerned that he would land up not davening, davening the Amida with the community because he was extending his saying of Shema so long. Um, so he said, in order to fulfill the mitzvah, you know, the minimum you, you at least just do the intention of not to fulfill the mitzvah, but just add on the Dalid. Um, as, and having intention for that and the rest, you know, you don't have to do because it's going to land up being to your detriment. Just by the way, what does it mean that Hashem is king above, king below, and he is in four corners, uh, four directions? So uh, what the Kavona brought down in Halacha is, is Echad means Aleph, that he's one, right? Echad. Chet is eight. Chet is the that Hashem is king over the seven heavens and the one earth, so that's above and below. And Echad de, de, Dalet is that he is the king and he's everywhere in all four directions, north, south, east, west. That's the classic kavana one should have when saying the Echad. But the, actually the most important kavana in Shema is Shema Israel. listen Israel, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem is our God. We accept upon himself as our God. That's the core Kavana to have in Shema. Um, okay. And if you don't have that Kavana, you, you meant to repeat the Shema. Amarav Natan, Barmar Ukva, Amarav Yehuda, Aulavavecha Ba'amida. You should say the words of the Shema, Aulavavecha, you should say it, Ba'amida. What does Ba'amida mean? It means standing, but it doesn't actually mean standing here. It means that even though Badhila hold that you can say Shema walking around, and doing work or lying down. Remember we said in whichever way you, you're currently doing. 
Nevertheless, because you have to know what you're saying and focusing on what you're saying until the word Aulavavecha, that you have to stop and say it properly. Aulavavecha salzgadaitach. What, you only have to say the words Aulavavecha in, in standing or in, in, as, as a pause. Elaima ad Aulavavecha. Don't say just the words Aulavavecha, but rather and the whole Shema until the words Aulavavecha. Because remember, Aulavavecha suggests on your heart. Ba'amida, that you have to stop to do. Mikan ba'elech, from here and onwards, law. Then, then you don't have. To, then you can continue walking around. But say you were walking and you realize it's time to say Shema. You stop. You say Shema properly until Allah and then onwards you don't have to. You can keep walking. But Rabbi Yochanan Amar kola parsha kula ba'amida. No, because Rabbi Yochanan holds halachically, you have to say the first paragraph. With Kavona, he says the whole of the first paragraph, you have to be still and focused. And or standing or still. You don't have to be standing. And Rabbi Yochanan is going according to his reasoning. Rabbi Yochanan holds the Allah is like Rabbi Acha. She'amar Mishum Rabbi Yehuda, who said in the name of Rabbi Yehuda that the, you have to have Kavona in the first paragraph of the Shema. Remember, we hold... You only have to have kavona of Shema Yisrael, and therefore you you must if you you must stop and focus during Shema Yisrael and then the rest you can basically walk around. the great Rebbe, the the author, the compiler of the Mishnah, his Shema consisted of. Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekan Hashem Echad. The first line of Shema. That's it. Amalei Rav, why did he have such a... Because he held that the Mitzvah Doraita of Shema is that line alone. And because he taught Torah the whole day from before light, it seems, till onwards, he was Oisek B'Torah, he was teaching Torah, and therefore he felt he was exempt from saying the full Shema but he had to still fulfill the mitzvah doraita of Shema, which was just to say the first line of the Shema. We don't paskin like him necessarily, meaning even if that's the mitzvah doraita, none of us are on the level of Rabbi Uranasi to make Torah so fixed in our lives that it exempts us from all other mitzvot. Amalei Rav, Rav Rabbi Chia. Rav said to Rabbi Chia, listen to this. I never saw Rebbe ever say Shema in the morning. Because what Rav would go do, Rav would go learn by Rebbe. And it must have been from before it was properly light till later in the day, Rebbe was giving Shir and he never saw him say Shema. So how can we say that Rebbe Yudanasi said Shema? He didn't even say the first line. So he says, Amalei bar pachtai. So Rebbe... Rabbi Chia says to Rav, a son of a nobleman, Talmidei Chachamim, yadav al-panav alav You might have seen in the shir he went like this. He put his hand over his eyes. That is when he said Shema. You didn't even realize he was saying Shema, but that's when he was doing it. And that's, this is the source for the minhag of us putting our hand over our eyes when we say Shema. From Rebbe, from Rebbe. But you can imagine the type of focus he had that for those seconds he said Shema Yisrael and he fulfilled the mitzvah with such kavana and people didn't even realize he did it. Because obviously he did it properly. 
or Now, Rebbe said a very short Shema, right? He said one line. So, what happened when he was finished the Shir? Did he go back and re-say the rest of the Shema? So, obviously, if he finished in time, that was still Zman Kriyat Shema, it was still before three hours from sunrise, then obviously he'd go back and say the full Shema. But what if it, his Shir went on and it was already past the time of Kriyat Shema, would he go back and say the rest of the paragraphs of the Shema to himself? Bar Kapara Oimer, Aino Choyzer Vagomer. Bar Kapara said he didn't go back. Rabbi Shun Berebi Oimer, Choyzer Vagomer. He said he did go back. Amalai Bar Kapara, Le Rebbe Shimon. Berebi, Berebi. Bar Kapara says it makes sense to me. Am my opinion makes sense that he didn't go back. Why? Da Amaina Aino Choyzer Vagomer. That he said he didn't go back and finish. Hainu de Mahada Rebbe Ashmaita de Itbaitzes Mizraim. Because Rebbe, as part of his teaching, he always taught something that was connected to the coming out of Egypt. Now, why would he teach something in the Shir about Yitzhak Mitzrayim? To fulfill the mitzvah of remembering Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So, that's the third paragraph of the Shema. So, you see from here, if he found an, a Torah idea to teach, it meant he didn't go back late in the day to say Shema. Rather, he said Shema quickly to himself. And he mentioned an idea of Yitzhak Mitzrayim in the Shir, and that way he fulfilled the mitzvah of remembering Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So that's Bar Kapora's source. But to you, the Amar Chozev Gomer, that Rabbi Yehuda went and finished the Shema afterwards, why would he go to all the effort to say, to say a Torah idea about Yitzhak Mitzrayim? So the Gemara answers, in order to mention Yitzhak Mitzrayim at the right time. So even though there's a mitzvah during the day to remember the coming out of Egypt, there's an extra part of the mitzvah, and that is to say, to remember Yitzhak Mitzrayim at the time of the Shema. So he didn't say the full Shema, but during those three hours of the day, he wanted to mention Yitzhak Mitzrayim um, uh, in its right time. But, and that's why he looked for a Torah idea. But never, and nevertheless, he still went afterwards and finished saying all the paragraphs of the Shema so that he'd read the whole Shema every day according to that opinion. Okay, fascinating story. Amar Rabbi Ayla Barei Darav Shmu Bar Marta Mishmei Darav. Amar Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad V'nenas B'Shayna. If you were saying Shema, um, and you were saying the whole of the Shema, and you were falling asleep, which happens to me, like when I say Kriyat Shema in that night time, Yatza, you fulfill the mitzvah. The commentators explain it means that not you were wide awake during Shema, the line of Shema, but you were dozing off while you said the rest of the Shema. And nevertheless, you Yatzai because you fulfilled the mitzvah of saying the first line properly. Amalei Rav Nachman led, so now here's a few stories corroborating this halacha, that you, um, that you, as long as you say the first line properly, even if you fall asleep during the rest of the Shema, you fulfilled your mitzvah. So it says like this: Amalei, thanks. Amalei Rav Nachman ledaru avdai. Rav Nachman said to his to his eved to his servant daru, bepsukot kamatzaran. During the first pasuk of Shema, you must. Give me Taurus, you must push me, you must prod me, you must make sure that I'm awake. 
Tfei lot tsaran. But uh, more than that, you don't have to prod me. You don't have to, meaning after I say the first part of the Shema, awake, the rest of it I can be dozing. So Rav Yosef uh, said to Rav, another Rav Yosef, the son of Rabba, he said, Avuch, your father, Heiki have Avid, what did your father do? Amalei Bipsuka Kama have Ka Mitzar Nafshei. The first Pasuk, the Shema Pasuk, he would, he would make himself uncomfortable so that he would be awake when saying it. Tfei, but the rest of the Shema, Lo have Mitzar Nafshei. He wouldn't be uncomfortable and if he fell asleep it was fine. Amar of Yosef, Prakta, now we're going to discuss the position of your body uh, when you say Shema. Like, and this is common, say you're saying Shema at night. Amar Rav Yosef, Praktan, somebody that's lying on their back. Lo Yikra Kriyat Shema. That's an inappropriate way how to say Shema. It's, it's, shema is about accepting the yoke of heaven. You shouldn't lie there and accept the yoke of heaven lying on your back. Mikra Hu Delo Likri. Um, I understand how you shouldn't say the Shema uh, or read Psukim lying on your back. Ha Migna. Shapir dami. But that suggests though that you can lie down and go to sleep lying directly on your back. Vaharib Yeshua ben Levi light amandagani parkid. But the Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, he would curse people that would lie down flat on their back to go to sleep. Why? And but because when you're lying in that position and you've got your blanket over you, and they used to sleep naked in those days. It was, you could be aroused and it would be inappropriate or arousing to lie down on your back. Um, but uh, but uh, the, the, that, that's one explanation. So you shouldn't lie down and go to sleep flat on your back. So, but this suggests you shouldn't say Shema flat on your back. But it, does, it doesn't say you can't go to sleep flat on your back. So how does that work? Amri, so they say no. Migna ki mitzali shapirdami. As long as if you're lying on your back and you lean over, like you tilt over a little bit, that's fine. That's what we're talking about. You shouldn't say shema. Um, um, sorry, that if you if you're not directly on your back but you're leaning over a little bit, that's fine to go to sleep. Mikra, uh, sorry, uh, shapirdami. Mikra afogav demetzali nami asur. But when you're saying Shema, even leaning a little bit, that's inappropriate. Meaning, you shouldn't lie down to go to sleep on your back. You shouldn't lie down and tilt over a little bit uh, to say Shema. Uh, you rather, you should completely turn around and lie on your side, and then that's actually fine to say Shema in that position. Rabbi Yochanan, he used to lie on his back and, and tilt over a little bit, and that's how he would say Shema. Shani Rabbi Yochanan de Baal Basar. No, Rabbi Yochanan was different because he was thick-fleshed, meaning he was uh, he had a lot of Basar. He was a big man, and therefore it was difficult for him while lying on his back to turn around completely. So for him, it didn't show a lack of uh, covered to Hashem by saying Shema tilted over. Because for him it was very difficult to tilt over more. Okay, so bottom line is the way in which you say Shema should be at very least somewhat showing a little bit of covered that you don't lie on your back or you don't like lean over a little bit, but either lean over completely and better yet sit up properly when you say Shema. 
Okay, now just to finish off the Amud, we, we said that in the Mishnah, we said that, that you aren't allowed to uh, certain disturbances and interruptions in the Shema between the parishas, d- during the parasha, um, there's a machloket of what you can actually do. So it says like this, Uba prakim shoel machamat mai. Why would you be able to respond to somebody who greeted you in the middle of Shema? If you're allowed to respond to somebody between the parashiyot because of honor, Hashata Mishal Shail. You you're allowed to greet somebody out of honor um, in the in the middle of the in the middle in between the paragraphs of Shema. Aduri mi boye. Of course, uh, you of course you're allowed to respond to somebody that greets you out of honor. Elashoel mipnei hakavod. Rather, you're allowed to ask because out of honor. Umayshiv shalom lachol adam. And you're allowed to respond a greeting to anybody. Even if they're not honorable. I'm a safer, but the, the end of that opinion, it says in the middle of the parsha, you're allowed to ask out of somebody out of fear, meaning somebody who you're afraid of, you're allowed to, even in the middle of the Shema, you're allowed to greet him and say, How are you? And you're allowed to respond. What level are you allowed to respond to him on? If it says you're allowed to respond because of fear, you're allowed to ask somebody out of fear. Of course you're allowed to respond to somebody out of fear. So it doesn't make sense, I think it's Rabbi May's opinion, that um, you should be able to ask out of fear and respond out of fear. You're allowed to Ask out of fear and respond to somebody out of honor. Now, if that's the understanding of Rabbi Meir, how did Rabbi Yehuda? This is the same opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir argue. It's not as it says in the in the Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda Omer beemtza shoel mipnei In the middle of the paragraph, you're allowed to ask out of fear. Umeishiv But if you're allowed to respond to somebody just out of honor, uva prakim and in the in the between the paragraphs. Shoel mipnei kavod. You're allowed to ask out of honor. Umeishiv shalom lochol adam, and you're allowed to respond to anybody, even if they're not honorable. So we see from here, there's a difference between between the paragraphs and within the paragraph, and there's a difference between greeting somebody directly or responding to that greeting. So the Gemara says, Chasurim mechsera. No, there's words that are missing. Vahaki katani, and this is what it says. This is Rabbi Meir's opinion. Baprakim. In in between the chapters, in between the paragraphs, Shomipna covered you're allowed to ask out of honor. And of course you're allowed to respond out of honor if you're allowed to ask. Uva emtsa, but within the paragraph, Shoel Mipna Yira, you're allowed to ask out of fear. And of course you're allowed to respond out of fear. Diva Rebi Maya, that's Rebi Maya. So there's no difference between asking and responding, they're the same. The difference is between the paragraphs and within the paragraphs. Rabbi Yehuda Oime, but Rabbi Yehuda says, In the middle, you're allowed to, in between the paragraphs, you're allowed to, sorry, in the middle of the paragraph, you're allowed to ask out of fear, and you're allowed to respond out of fear, also out of honor. So you're allowed to initiate a greeting if you're afraid of the person, and you're allowed to respond to a greeting if you are, if you honor that person, um, uva prakim, and in between the paragraphs, 
Sho'el mipnea kavod, you're allowed to ask because of honor. You're allowed to initiate a, a how are you out of somebody who you should be honoring. And if anybody asks you um, something, you, uh, anybody, you're allowed to respond uh, uh, to the greeting. Tanya, just to end off with this, Tanya Namiachi, there's a brighter that corroborates this way of we learning. Hakore et Shema upagabo rabo or gadol hemenu. A person who's saying Shema and he meets his rabbi or somebody who's greater than him, beprakim. If he's in uh, in between the chapters, shoel mipnei hakavod. You're allowed to ask out of honor. Ve'enotzarich lo marshu meishiv. And of course, you're allowed to respond to him. Uve'emtza. But if you're in the midst of the paragraph, shoel mipnei ayira, you're allowed to ask out of fear only. Ve'enotzarich lo marshu meishiv. And of course, you're allowed to respond out of fear. Divrei Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Yudah Oimer, be'emtza shoel mipnei ayira. In the middle, you're allowed to ask out of fear. Umeishiv mipnei kavod, and you're allowed to respond out of honor. Uveprakim, and in between the paragraphs, Shoel mipnei kavod, you're allowed to greet somebody out of honor. Umeishiv shalom lechol adam, and you're allowed to respond shalom to anybody, whether it be about honor or fear. Um, and that, uh, and then we're going to continue a little bit on this similar theme. Uh, the rest uh, later on in the ne- next part of the Amud.